welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director at APPA. Our guest in this episode is Rudy Garza, President and CEO of San Antonio, Texas-based public power utility, CPS Energy. CPS Energy's Board of Trustees recently voted to approve a contract for Rudy to serve as President and CEO for the utility after he served as CPS Energy's Interim President and CEO for 10 months. Rudy, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate you having me on today. Sure thing. So, Rudy, um, get our conversation started. I wanted to have you tell our listeners on what you think are your key accomplishments while you've served as interim president and CEO. And and looking forward, what are your long-term goals for the utility? Uh, Well, thank you for that question. And, you know, the 10 months or 11 months now that uh, I'd served as interim CEO, uh, you know, really, I I characterize it as, as probably one of the most difficult interview processes that, uh, you know, anybody could possibly go through, uh, you know, to, to find themselves as the, as the longer term, you know, choice as CEO of CPS Energy. But uh, coming in, we were still reeling from the impacts of winter storm Uri here in San Antonio uh, and our community's reaction to uh, what was a really, you know, kind of devastating, you know, impact on, on uh, San Antonio and, and the state of Texas. Uh, really, the entire Midwest suffered through that storm. But, uh, you know, in San Antonio, our customers are used to reliable service. And when that service wasn't available uh, to them during, uh, you know, those few days in February, uh, it really uh, sent kind of a shockwave through our community. Um, you know, so when I stepped in, we were kind of, you know, in the process of of really looking at that event and what we could do better. And there's a lot of things that we identified that, you know, we've been working on this year. Uh, communication with our customers we've has been a focus of ours um you know during extreme you know weather we had a, one of the hottest summers on record in San Antonio this year uh keeping the lights on and the gas flowing uh in San Antonio is is uh you know we were able to do that successfully over the summer uh which is a you know kind of a basic you know expectation of a leader of a utility the size of CPS energy uh we were able to get a rate case done through through some you know during extremely difficult circumstances which allowed us to really you know stabilize our finances uh, and this year we've you know we've gotten on a path to make some decisions about our longer term generation plan uh, so when, when you add it all up I think the community felt really good about uh, the focus that the organization has placed on some fundamentals of our business uh, and um, you know it was really res- the result of my team doing their jobs and us pulling together uh, as an organization to to get those things done that that really created the opportunity for me to be considered as the long-term solution for uh, CEO of this organization. And I'm really proud to, to be in this position. I, I was looking at Twitter the other day and I happened to see you shaking hands with uh, line workers from CPS prior to their departure to Florida, which I thought was really great to see uh, and kind of a, a great commentary in terms of how public power leaders um, are always interacting um, with their utility personnel. Um, so in, in that context, wanted to get your, your thoughts in terms of how um, mutual aid is a good example of the public power community coming together during times of need. Well, I spent, I've spent a, a considerable part of my, of my experience over the course of my career in the wires part of the business. That's probably what I'm strongest in, what I'm most familiar with. Uh, and, you know, during my time as the leader of, of our distribution organization here in San Antonio. Uh, we went on multiple hurricane deployments. Um, you know, of course, Jacksonville, we went to 
to the Florida Keys. We we did some work over in Houston. Uh, so um, public power and coming together during times where you know systems are impacted uh, due to hurricanes is fundamental to what the value of public power is. CPS Energy Line workers, I, I, I think public power in general has great great experience in our line, lineman ranks and lineman women ranks. Uh, I think San Antonio and CPS Energy uh, journeymen or, or, and, and line workers are some of the, the best in the business. And every time there's a uh, event across the country, uh, our number gets called. And, and I think that's because you know, we go to other communities and we work fast and we work safe and we do it right. Uh, and, uh, you know, our, our crews represent us really well. And our community loves to see us uh, going to help other people in need. So, so from a, from a customer expectation standpoint here in San Antonio, uh, our community expects us to step up uh, when other communities need it the most. And um, you know that's what I love about the heart of of, of our San Antonio community and, and about the heart of our of our CPS Energy workforce. They you know they really enjoy going on uh, mutual aid deployments and and getting the, getting the job done. We're we're recording this episode during Public Power Week, which takes place every year during the first week of October. So wanted to, to give you the opportunity to talk about some of the activities CPS Energy is engaging in uh, to celebrate Public Power Week. Well, we celebrate Public Power Week really every day here in San Antonio as the largest municipally owned electric and gas utility in the country, combined utility. You know, we 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 represent we understand uh, the expectation of representing public power you know, on a daily basis. So, so we are always talking about the benefits of public power, uh, but this week really allows us, you know, to get out there on social media and uh, talk about the great things that, uh, that we do as, as, as public power across the country. Uh, of course, you know, we're, we're members of APPA, we're members of LPPC, we're members of every major national organization uh, that promotes public power across the country. Um, and so you, you're, you're going to see, uh, us recognizing Public Power Week on social media. We've uh, done a number of internal communications about the benefits of public power with our own employees, uh, with our customers. So uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to be the tip of the spear when it comes to uh, touting the benefits of public power this week, because again, we we recognize what, um, you know, being municipally owned means for our community. We returned $9 billion uh, to, to San Antonio on a $36 million investment back in 1942. Uh, and I don't know many other investments that have that can provide that kind of return, uh, but I know our community understands the value that we provide uh, back to San Antonio. Uh, and uh, and we're, we're really proud to help APPA celebrate Public Power Week across the country because we've got some great, you know, brother and sister organizations across the country that we work very closely with. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, An example of what it means to be in public power, Uh, my good friend uh, Javier up at uh, Nebraska Public Power District, you know, they needed a a, uh, component to get one of their power plants uh, that was having some some trouble uh, back online. Uh, Javier gave me a call uh, and uh, and we had what he needed and figured out a way to get it up to him. So, you know, public power isn't just about the communities we serve. It's about the collective communities that public power serves across the you know, the, the country uh, and how we come together anytime one of us uh, is in need. So, so I think that, I think the fact that we've been on hurricane deployment, you know, right around public power week uh, is just a, a really a timely example of why public power is so important in, across the country. 
So just wanted to switch gears here and, and talk about um, a recent uh, transaction that was announced, which we actually covered in APPA's newsletter. And, and the transaction involves CPS Energy entering an agreement with uh, Kenlov Astrom Renewable Energy for the purchase of 180 megawatts of solar energy. Now, that deal is tied to CPS Energy's Flex Power Bundle Initiative, which is obviously a major ongoing endeavor at the utility. So could you talk about the Flex Power Bundle Initiative in additional details? Sure. We've been working on the Flex Power Bundle Initiative probably over the last three years from the time we kind of thought it up uh, to, to, to all the work that, that our organization did to get uh, RFPs out the door to, you know, to, to, to grade responses. Uh, and, you know, and in that time frame, a lot has changed. Uh, we've had, you know, a pandemic. We've had global supply chain issues. You know, the pricing that we started out with and the pricing that we're at today uh, really has you know been the driving force behind uh, some of the challenges that we've had in, in getting some of these these deals in place. Uh, but I am super excited uh, about the 180 megawatts of solar energy that we're going to be uh, getting from Care, uh, and of course their their uh, their developer on Peak Power. These are new vendors for us. Uh, these are vendors that uh, will create jobs in and around the San Antonio area, uh, and so so for us. Just continuing to expand uh, our our renewable energy portfolio as part of a broader initiative. Again, this is the second of the Flex Power Bundle contracts that we've signed. Uh, we signed uh, an, an additional uh, 300 megawatt deal uh, with Con Ed Renewables uh, a few months ago. Uh, you know, I'd I'd like to probably squeeze more megawatts of power out of these two deals than even what we've signed, and I think we can. Uh, you know, we, we are working on a an associated uh, um, reliability uh, aspect of co- component of our Flex Power Bundle initiative, where we'll likely sign a a, a tolling agreement, uh, 500 megawatts worth of gas, where we'll buy gas and run it through uh, a third party's power plant uh, to be able to really firm up uh, the resources that that uh, we're going to have here, uh, and then we're still working on. Uh, some solar initiatives. I'm actually flying to uh, to Seoul, South Korea, uh, this weekend uh, for the next few, you know, four or five days uh, into next week uh, to really go talk to uh, some some potential battery storage partners because you know the game changer in the renewable space, renewable space is how you factor in storage of all kinds, not just battery storage, but you know there's you know hydrothermal storage, there's geothermal that you know, the, the uh, resources that we're looking at. Uh, but when you package it all together, when you can impl- uh, uh, apply a storage solution uh, to a, a, a resource like solar, now you've got a dispatchable, you know, generation resource uh, that you can plan to uh, that has a, a ton of value, just like a baseload plant. Uh, and that's really the the goal for CPS Energy. When you when when you can't diversify on the on the basis of, fuel, right? We know we can't build new coal plants, you know, environmentally, it's just not sustainable. Uh, and, and we know how expensive nuclear is, then you're going to have to to diversify on the basis of technology. And so when you look at what we've learned from the Flex Power Bundle Initiative, uh, and the and the contracts we've actually gotten, gotten uh, into place, uh, we're getting renewable power, uh, energy when you look at natural gas prices being so high, at a really valued price for San Antonio. Uh, and uh, and that's really what the Flex Power Bundle Initiative is all about. Was all about, and, and has been 
all about. It's really our attempt to diversify on the basis of technology. Now, your mention of, of your inter, your upcoming international travel reminded me of something, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, in terms of solicitation process um, under this initiative, um, I think one of the things that, that I jumped out at me is the fact that you, you received a pretty impressive global response, right, in terms of the solicitation. We did. We did. We received, I believe, over 300 proposals uh, and te- technologies of all, of all kinds. Again, w- you know, when we're looking at, you know, 300 megawatt, 400 megawatt, you know, 500 megawatt deals, we want to make sure that that technology uh, is, is well tested and is reliable. Uh, but what we learned from the solicitation is there's a lot of technology out there that's right on the cusp um, that, you know, maybe in the past as an industry, the, the electric utility industry, you know, has let somebody else figure it out. And then when it's scalable, we'll invest in it. And I think we're at a point in our in, in our industry where we're going to have to really kind of put our, our money where our mouth is and help some of this technology get there. And that's really when, when you look at all the different proposals that we got back, you know, there's a lot of potential with a lot of the technologies that are out there. We're going to actually invest uh, in a number of pilot projects that came out of, uh, of what we learned from the original solicitation that may not quite be ready for prime time, but over the next 10 years, we believe they can get there. Um, but it's just going to take uh, some collective uh, collaboration across the industry you know, to, t- to test it out. For, for Texas, geothermal falls in that category. I believe we can do a sizable geothermal project uh, on the sites of one of our uh, existing coal units. Uh, but again, we've got to we've we've got to do a pilot project, so I know what it's going to cost us, and I know how reliable we can uh, you know we can consider it, and then we can scale up you know from there if if the price point's right. Uh, and and really, that's kind of where CPS Energy is. We we want to we want to stay on that cutting edge of technology, but to do so, uh, we're going to have to be smart about how we're placing investments in technologies that we believe you know have you know, long-term, you know, uh, potential for us. And and when I say long-term, I, I can't wait 20 years to figure some of this stuff out. We got to figure it out in the next five to 10 years so that we're ready to make some investments in next generation, you know, technology. You know, because San Antonio is growing leaps and bounds. We're one of the hottest growing communities in, in the entire country. And I'm going to need some, you know, not only am I going to need to replace 3,000 megawatts of of generation uh, that, that, Really, the Flex Power Bundle was was trying to get us on the right path on, but I've got to probably plan, plan for another two thousand megawatts, you know, for growth uh, that that I know is coming. That, uh, that you know, that's just going to re- require a lot of focus over the next over the next five to ten years. Yeah. So, with respect to the the growth in San Antonio, which is obviously is a great thing, um, how how much of that is is kind of a, a a challenge these days in terms of projecting out that growth and being able to plan accordingly. Well, we keep beating our projections every year. You know, we think the growth is going to slow down and it doesn't. And even during the pandemic, we figured the the growth was going to come to a grinding halt and it really never skipped a beat. The biggest issue right now with projecting growth isn't so much whether or not the the demand is going to be there, you know, for people moving to San Antonio, but is is it's more a, a a function of are we going to have the equipment we need to be able to connect a lot of these developments that are coming to San Antonio? Uh, the supply chain challenges have been a bigger uh, determining factor of how quickly communities can grow, uh, really, than than investment has been. So, you know, from my standpoint, 
you know, I've got to worry about the transformers that I need and the and the the conduit and the meters and the wiring and, and all the things that go into uh, maintaining a system and growing a system. Uh, right now, you know, supply chain is going to be the limiting factor as it relates to to, to how communities are going to grow across the country. So that's a great segue into my last question for you, which which uh, relates to how. CPS Energy has responded to the ongoing supply chain challenges facing the utility sector. I think we've been about as proactive as a utility can be in managing our supply chain challenges. One of the first things we did once we recognized probably a year and a half, maybe as far as two years ago, we could see the what was on the horizon as it related to, to some of the commodity uh, limitations across uh, the global supply chain that that we rely on, you know, it's not so much you know the 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 the, the can or you know the insulators. It's more the copper, you know, the the copper you need to to finish out a transformer that you, where you get to ninety percent you know completion, but you're waiting on you know the last five ten percent because a particular commodity is 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 uh, you know is a challenge. So for us. We immediately brought our our, our builders uh, into uh, a room, and we said, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna start to see some supply chain challenges. So our ability, you know, to do some just in time, you know, construction where maybe you don't get all a thousand lots of what you had planned in place, but you know, we can do a couple hundred lots at a time, so that every developer who has capital that they want to invest can can expect a return." You know, on uh, on 200 lots versus having to wait on getting the whole thousand, um, and and so what it created was a cooperation in San Antonio uh, to 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 utilize the resources we did have, we do have the supplies that we do have in the best manner possible. So, so that was one uh, aspect of it. Our supply chain team here at CPS Energy, you know, under the leadership of Lisa Lewis, Maria Garcia, who's our VP of supply chain. They immediately went out and started looking for new supply chain channels where we could bring in new new vendors uh, that would give us some flexibility. So we've got as as many vendors, uh, you know, signed up to do business with CPS Energy as we've ever had, uh, and we did that early on in the process so that we could diversify our supplier base, and that had a big, uh, a, a huge impact on our ability to kind of smooth out the the impact. So you know that we were kind of facing you know, what the rest of the industry is facing a little longer down the road. You know, I've got a lot of friends in the industry, you know, who've been really challenged, you know, for, uh, for uh, been things have been a lot tighter for them for a lot longer period of time than it has been uh, for us here at CPS Energy. Uh, our design standards had to change. What, you know, going out there and, and being able to nimbly test new equipment that we've really never allowed on our system to ensure, you know, it, it, it met UL standards and, you know, that, all the safety requirements that uh, that we've gotten, you know, on our existing equipment, uh, extended to some new equipment that we'd never used before. Uh, we got really good at that. Uh, we got really good at retrofitting existing equipment. So we sent a team out to pull transformers off of poles that we could refurbish and get back out there that that were idle and 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 not being utilized. Um, we've you know we we've uh, we've done the same thing with gas meters, you know, on the gas side of our business. Uh, we've manufactured, you know, equipment that we needed as workarounds. We, you know, if we couldn't get specific types of uh, of, uh, of components that we might need to finish the system out. So, really, it has been an all of the above strategy for us 
uh, as it relates to managing through some of the supply chain challenges. But I will tell you, uh, I think the industry's in for a tough next two to three years. I, I don't see these issues, um, you know, uh, clearing up anytime soon. I think we're going to continue to have to be creative, and and uh, those challenges are going to are going to limit growth uh, across the across the board. What I've really been concerned about, and and it's something that we communicated with the Texas Public Utility Commission, is you know when you have a a big storm, you know I'm I'm worried for. Um, you know, my friends out in Florida, because there's going to be some equipment they need that they're going to have a tough time getting a handle on just to recover, you know, from Hurricane Ian. Uh, and I think as a country, we need to really be talking at the federal level about some strategic uh, reserves as it relates to transformers and equipment just to recover, you know, and be more resilient than we are today from, you know, from from that major, major natural disaster. So I think there's some work to do here at the federal level that I'm sure APPA will be at the forefront on. Uh, but but I do feel like CPS Energy has done the very best that they can to try to manage uh, through some of these challenges here in San Antonio. You stole my thunder in terms of the follow-up question I had for you, which was going to be uh, projecting out. I know we don't have a crystal ball, but the uh, kind of the time frame and when this might, the supply chain challenges might be alleviated somewhat. And so it's not, you're saying two to three years at a minimum? That is what we are planning to. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Well, Rudy, thanks again uh, for taking the time to speak with us. We've covered a lot of interesting territory. My, my interest has been piqued with a, a lot of things that you said. So we'd love to have you back as a guest on the uh, podcast at some point next year, if that sounds good to you. No, thank you, Paul. Again, I appreciate uh, you allowing me to share CPS Energy's perspective on what are some critical issues in our industry. I think we're in as big of a transformational state as the electric utility industry that we've ever been over the course of my 25 years in this business. Uh, it's it, a lot of tough challenges ahead, but it's also a very exciting time uh, to, to be doing what we're doing and, and I'm honored to be a part of it. So thank you for letting me come on and, and share our story. Sure thing. Thanks for listening to this episode of Public Power Now, which comes to you from the American Public Power Association and is produced by APPA's David Blaylock. I'm Paul Schimpoli, and we'll be back soon with more from the world of public power. 